Hello, this is episode 241 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha O'Reilly. I'm not sure what to call this podcast. My week, possibly. There's been an extraordinary amount of pain and overwhelm this week. And I don't know why I'm drawn to record this as one podcast. On the rare occasions that I do talk about things that are really personal, I usually separate them out. But I'm, I'm not drawn to do that here. My dyslexia is off the scale. I'm really struggling to be able to read. My light sensitivity and my visual stress is off the wall. I'm wearing my really old mega dark glasses to be able to cope. I can't write, which normally makes me feel better, so it's all trapped inside. I'd like to talk about what I'm seeing as COVID anxiety. And as I write out the notes for this, I was going to do a separate podcast on this. But I'm drawn to put it all in together. And I'd like to put a disclaimer at the start. I'm not a medical doctor and any guidance I offer is not to be replaced by medical advice. This is just a personal journey. I'm not sure I have enough distance yet to be able to talk about it fully. But there's a special type of overwhelm with this illness. And I'm used to being able to hold a lot, hold a lot of connections to people, listen to a lot, take in the world, balance my emotions. At points this week, I felt completely incapable of dealing with anything. I'm personally using cacao and maca to navigate all of this. Meditation, nature, a lot of sleep, rescue remedy, breathing exercises. I've had to start stating really clear boundaries with people and being honest. I can't talk to you now. I can't think about that. I can't answer your email. I did see one of my soul tribe for the first time in person since November. And that really helped me. I was inclined to cancel, but I decided it was well enough and it was a really good thing for me to do. I've had a host of different anxiety in my life, some from school, from situations to do with reading and bullying, some of it due to a medical condition in the past which caused similar patterns. And this feels purely physiological, as in it's in your body. So the focus has to be about repairing your body um, with vitamins, with breathing exercises, with rest. I read a really good comment on a post which was don't expect to be able to do more than you did yesterday. And actually I've devised a very different way of doing things where I use so much exercise on day one, I use slightly more on day two and I rest for day three and do a lot less. So if I manage to walk three kilometres today, I'll walk four kilometres tomorrow and I'll walk one on day three. So it's this concept of building on what you did yesterday slightly, but then resting to kind of integrate all of it. I normally eat very healthy anyway, but I mean being even more conscious of having detoxing foods, and I've taken a lot of salt baths as well. So that's the backdrop to what's happening in the world for me. And I've not unplugged as much as I think I have because as I spoke to another person on the phone and talked out my week they pointed out that I'd held a lot as usual which kind of makes me laugh but maybe it's because I'm in this space 
that I'm not normally in and I'm trying to discern the world at the moment and maybe that's why I'm drawn to record this together because it reminds me of a scenario from a few years ago where I was out having coffee with one of my soul tribe and they fell around the place laughing and he was like you're a muggle like the rest of us now you know as I, as I was struggling to stay in my truth and so many people are used to seeing me as a wizard and I was in full muggle mode as he put it and so maybe there's an aspect where I'm using so much of my self-awareness and self-knowledge of my body and so much of my routines in order to counteract that and build that up and I'm trying to still stay plugged into the world in a space of overwhelm which as someone said to me this is how people normally feel it's giving me a different reference point in taking in all in and trying to discern and trying to find a way where you can possibly make it different and make it better to somehow still be positive and still see steps forward. I'm probably going to make this explicit content again because I think some of the things I'm going to talk about are going to be quite upsetting. What I've seen this week more than anything is that the world needs you to be somebody else. That's the theme of the week. What you're required to be for some people to say that you can stay out of trouble, which actually means having your life at the end of the week. I saw this horrendous photo, which I really wasn't able for when I was sick. And I can't go back and search for the photo to look for the provenance of it. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not able to look at it. I'm able to get the image out of my head. I'm somebody who doesn't watch, you know, a lot of violent TV because I have such lucid dreams afterwards. And so, it's, so there's so many questions I have around this photo because the quality of the photo is really good, which means that it took very expensive camera equipment to take the photo at the time that it should have been taken. And I think one of the aspects that I will never understand about humanity and energy is how money is still drawn to greed and cruelness and such horrible energy. I will never be able to understand that fact. But it's a photo of a black man sitting on the ground and he has his leg through this really odd piece of wood and the caption underneath was a runaway slave waiting for his leg to be amputated. And it's not the first time I've seen photos that depict the brutality and the cruelty and just like the sheer barbaric, disgusting actions of people towards a, a race of people that they somehow have etched into their brain that they're less than them and, and the photo is just haunting me and his entire demeanor of sitting there waiting for his face is, is haunting me but there's an aspect in our modern society where somehow we have disconnected from that on one level like we 
we don't actually associate that our people were ever part of that, that our ancestors took those actions or stood by or took that photograph. Like, who took the photograph? And I began to think about this last year in a big way because I, I went to the post office and I got a stamp. We, we have, like, these, these amazing stamps in Ireland, you know, of all of our artifacts and there's some beautiful objects on them like the brooch of Tara and the Arjar chalice and so on and it was a slave chains and we don't talk about any sort of slave history in in in, in history class in Ireland like I have an A in history but I didn't cover it and so I went and did some research on this and then well the questions it started to ask for me is you know not my immediate family but some of my distant family down the country, you know, that, that other members of the family would have married into. But they had a lot of land. And I began to question, you know, where does that wealth come from? Do we, do we ever question where our wealth and where our ancestral ownership of certain land, how certain parts of the family had that wealth, while other people's families don't have it at all? And what did they do to attain it? And what was it really built on? And I'd, I'd never asked those questions before in my head. I'd never thought about my own genetic line and what we may or may not have been part of. But ultimately, this week, and again, like it was, it was really good for me to meet somebody else on my thinking and with my seeing of humanity, somebody who, who sees it all and doesn't switch off. And it was really good to to have coffee with somebody in person and sit outside and talk about all of this and all that we've seen. And like, there's no way that you can mistake a gun for a taser. And the taser isn't any better anyway. It still inflicts pain. Ultimately, in your brain, you have to be looking at somebody and seeing them as less. But you're disconnected from the the line of that cruelty that runs the whole way through you and from those harrowing images in those photographs and what I began to think about was how different would it be if for every representative every person who has to go in and represent the next generation or protect people or teach people if, if every one of those people had to pass a line of images to remind them of what's in the past and what their lineage was part of and what, in some cases, they participated in or equally as badly stood around and watched. If you had to pass those images, could you have that disconnect? Could you go out and face people in the world and not really see them? And how different would your viewpoint be? And what really worries me is there a percentage of people who can look at that cruelty and not see it or actually condone it or own it in, in the same way as we're watching a court trial take place and we're watching someone's physicality where 
they seem to still really fundamentally not care about their actions. And that was another part of our coffee conversation. It was just so much what I needed this week to be able to sit down and to to talk to someone who can see it all as well and to have those truthful conversations. But could you walk past a line of images or a line of sculptures to represent what has taken place and still behave the way you do? Would you step up and be different?